Hey there, you're listening to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, your host, kicking off the summer with a series of mini-sodes. Going to try to bring you a few mini-sodes a few times a week this summer. The next few are on the topic of bitachon, trust in God, which, as you've heard me say before, is the foundation of a Jew's financial system. Hope you enjoy this mini-sode. Here, the Rebbe Maharash is telling us very clearly, he says, a Jew is never deficient in sustenance, okay? Sustenance and money, right? In Parnassah. Parnassa. Rather, he is deficient in his trust in God. Can you believe how radical this concept is? Can you believe it? Okay. Think about the, the paradigm shift. There's sustenance. You're not deficient in that. What you're deficient is in your trust in God, who's the source of the sustenance. He continues, there is an abundance of sustenance prepared for every Jew. However, if a person is deficient in trust, sustenance does not reach him. So you see how I told you that Rabbi Novachia is going to talk to us about the benefits, both in worldly matters and material concerns and in spiritual concerns. Here, the Rebbe Maharash is telling us very clearly, by the way, you're worried about your livelihood. Well, that's the wrong approach because livelihood is there. It's ready to come to you. But if you're worried, if you don't trust that God Almighty has livelihood for you, God forbid, it might not reach you. It's a very important concept. And the Lubavitcher Rebbe takes on that concept and he expounds on it and gives us a, a visual for it. And he says, it's like a faucet. Think about a faucet. Bitachon, confidence and trust is a faucet. If the faucet is turned on, the blessings pour through. They flow. But if it's off, nothing is going to come down, right? So again, with Bitachon, the blessings come. You can build a very nice house. But if you don't build the piping and connect it to the water thingy, everybody else in the neighborhood is going to get water. It's going to flow. The water is available. The water exists. It's going to flow. It's going to flow to the house that got built with the piping that got connected to receive from the source. So it's the piping. Bitahan is the piping. Are we getting this? Okay. So we we're, to connect to the source, we got to have the right piping. And this is what the piping is. It's bitachon. Okay. So for the, 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 the text continues for a person who does not place his trust in God places his trust in an entity other than God. So this is something that Margie, I think we discussed maybe yesterday in your class. We're always trusting in something guys, right? Think about it. Like, Always. It's, it's, it's de facto what's happening. You're going to place your trust in something, whether it be the ground on the floor that you're going to wake up in the morning and there's going to be ground on the floor that there's a sun going to be shining. You're always trusting in something. Your parents, your mother, your spouse, your boss, the stock market, the president, whatever it might be. And what he's arguing here is which one is it going to be? Because there is going to be by human nature, something that we're going to trust. And so the challenge for us is placing our trust in the only thing that can provide. And, to, and during this progression of the book, he's going to give us extensive arguments on why this is actually the only sensical solution. It's the only sensical alternative. And we would be insane not to put our trust in God, because he's going to show us how every other alternative that we can think of is deficient relative to God. Okay, so if a person 
places his trust in something other than God, then God removes his divine providence from him and leaves him in the hands of the entity in which he places trust. I am going to take a big pause here because what I just said is a big mouthful that deserves a lot of explanation. He just told us the following. He just said, if a person places his trust in something other than Hashem, than God, then God is going to conceal himself and leave him under the influence of that which he trusts on. Let me explain. We all know, we all said it was by divine providence, right? It wasn't coincidence that we started this class in Rosh Chodesh and it's a day that's connected to women and it's connected to trust, right? We all know that there is providence. What does it mean? There is a hand of God that is operating everything. Nothing is random, right? Nothing about us getting together in this room, nothing about what you do for a living, where you went to school, where do you grew up, how, the conversations you had today with your spouse, your children, your coworkers, none of that is random. If in every single detail of your life, God is, God has his hand in it. Like it is all being orchestrated, which actually is a very comforting thought. The fact that God is individually involved in each and each of our lives. So how can he say that God who has to be involved because he's not a creator, it's antithetical to Judaism to even think of the fact that God created the world one day and he removed himself and then it just runs on, on autopilot. That's not, that's not Judaism, by the way. Judaism says God creates the world every single moment. It's called constant creation. God is involved in everything that is happening to you and I every millisecond. If God wouldn't choose us to be here and everything to be happening, it wouldn't happen. It would, everything would cease to exist. Okay. So if this is a fundamental principle, how could he say that when I trust my boss, that I'm going to get my salary from him and I better serve him and I better do my job a hundred percent right to the T because if not, I'm not going to get my bonus. How can he say that that is going to affect the involvement that God has in my life. If I already established that God is, has to be intimately involved in my life because that's a fundamental of Judaism. Otherwise, everything would cease to exist. So here's how it works. You ever seen those people or met those people? And I know some of you are in this room because you are good friends who always see the hand of God revealed in your lives. It's like almost like things happen to them in an almost unnatural way, like what we call a miracle. Like, oh my God, like seriously, I, are you kidding me? Like that just happened to you? Like, that's crazy. Like we would have never come up with that solution to that problem. We would have never thought of that idea. Like how in the, yeah, that just happened. Isn't that crazy? Right. There's people whose life, the hand of God is constantly visible in their life, like in an open revealed way. And then there's some of us where Life is just, you know, like, it's just whatever it is. It feels kind of random. Like, things happen, and they're pretty much the natural way. Like, there, it's like there's primary providence or primary involvement where God is really involved, and, and things happen above the natural order. And then there's a secondary providence, which means, like, God is obviously doing his thing, but what he's done is, He's added concealment because you, we, 
created that concealment. Okay. So it's, 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 it's a mutual relationship. So you decided that you want to trust something and that you depend on the stock market or the president or the economy or whatever it is, or the doctor, whatever it is. Right. Great. So now I'll leave you because you've chosen that to the natural forces of that, to that, which you trust. Right. And it's kind of like, good luck to you because as we're going to see, they all pale in comparison to what the king can do, right? So evidently, it's not of a benefit to any of us, okay? But that's, that's the dynamic that's happening here. Do we get this? Because this piece is complex and it's really, really important that we get, okay? So there's always going to be involvement. It's a matter of the involvement is more concealed, divine involvement, or it's going to be more revealed. And if I want the natural order of things, how things I can perceive them clearly and how they should function to be my reality, then that's what's going to be. I'm going to be left at the mercy of those forces of whatever my boss decides and the stock market does. That's kind of like how I'm going to perceive reality. It doesn't mean that God is not operating things behind the scenes. It's like the way I perceive it, it's Oh my gosh, again, my boss, my boss didn't give me the raise. And then there's people who say, can you believe it? He didn't give me the raise, but look, I just got an insurance policy for $60,000. And it's like, whoa, right? It's like, you just bypassed the natural order. Where did that come from? Right? So there's people who live in a state of ready. You know how people say you have to see to believe? And this one I heard from Margie, I think. It's not you have to see to believe. It's you have to believe to see. Okay, so that's what's happening here. Obviously, there's always going to be God. But if we are placing our trust in other things that are fickle, that are part of nature, that are just the agents of God Almighty, then of course, that's fine. God will allow us to have that experience. That will be our more revealed experience than if those people who actually trust in God. And again, this is a very is something that we practice and practice again. 